Good evening, happy Tuesday. This is uh, Tamara McCarthy. I am known as a single mom of purpose on Instagram, on Facebook. I am Tamara Purpose Driven. And I am here to continue our book discussion on Crushing by T.D. Jakes. We are in chapter 11. We have four more chapters to go. So far, it has been a good experience for myself. I hope you guys have been enjoying this as well. Um, And what else? I don't even know what else to say right now. Maybe we should just get into what chapter 11 is about. Okay, so chapter 11, the title is Spiritual Fermentation. Okay, and I looked up those words so we can have a better understanding of what we're dealing with in this chapter. Okay. So spiritual, for those that may not know, is sacred, is divine, is holy, is pure. Okay, fermentation is the act or process of fermenting. Okay, it can also mean turbulence or agitation. Okay, so the whole process of crushing is about turbulence. Okay, it's up and down, left and right. Okay, it's gonna, you're gonna get shaken up. You're gonna get shooken up. You're gonna get crushed and shooken up again. Okay, so that goes into a turbulence, okay? Um, So for the title of the podcast, this is Are You Spiritually Connected? Okay, because what I've discovered in reading this chapter is that it is about our spiritual relationship with God, okay? We have to, if you are connected to God, if you are a believer of his, if you are a child of his, there has to be some spiritual connection, okay? So in the chapter, you know, T.D. Jakes, he makes a lot of reference to the uh, children of Israel and their time in the wilderness. And he made reference to how God was hovering over them the whole time. They were never alone. You know, he was always there watching over them. You know, he provided for them the whole time, even though they were fighting against uh, his instructions and not wanting to do what he was telling them to do. He was still there with them the whole time. Okay. And uh, we also find out in this chapter of how the Holy Spirit came into the play and into play and how the Holy Spirit connected us and made us one with God. You know, so yes, we are to have that spiritual connection with God. And how do we get that with the Holy Spirit? Okay. So I'm going to share, start sharing out of the book. And I'll be giving you uh, some notes that I wrote down as well. So it says this, what intrigues me most about the Lord's characteristics and his willingness to not only move with his people, but his penchant for relocating his chosen ones be it you, me, or another, before he puts his plan into effect. Okay, so for me, okay, I didn't experience the things that I'm doing now until I moved, okay? So if you listen, if you've been listening to the podcast, you will have heard my story of when I was living in South Florida. I lived in South Florida for 15 years, okay, originally from New York. I came down here and I lived in Florida, uh, South Florida first for 15 years. Okay. I was happy the whole time I was there. I was good. I thought I was doing great. Um, 
but my daughter she got a full ride to school up here in central florida you know she did her four years and she called me said mommy i'm not coming back there i don't want to come back there um you know so what did i do as a mother a single mother that's my first child my only daughter i said okay we're coming up there before we made the move i prayed about it okay and God said, okay, go ahead. That's your land of Mickle, honey. Go on ahead and walk into it. So we're here. I was crushed. <laughs> I went through a crushing season when I came up here because I came without a job. Okay. We were living in a dump. I told you this. I don't want to go too much into it. But that was part of my crushing season. Okay. And that got me to here, to where I'm at now. I've written books. I have a... Um, website where I write uh, blogs okay the website is www.tamaramccarthyenterprises.com been doing that for three years um, uh, wrote books doing this podcast so this is part of my um, uh, God moving in my life and doing different things in my life this stuff didn't transpire until I came here okay so there are going to be times where you're going to have to physically move to walk into what God has for you Okay, so then I go in to share this. God's hand and presence are standing front and center in any and every stage of our crushing. To look in your days of calamity and not see the one that has promised to never leave you or forsake you is to cause you to abandon hope that life will get any better. Okay, so I made the note here and this is a question to be answered. Okay. While you're being crushed, are you in lack? Do you still have shelter? Do you still have food? Do you still have water? Okay. And I remember that. It's like, yeah, we were still being provided for. We did. We weren't homeless. Okay. I told you we were living in a dump, but <laughs> we still had a roof over our head. Okay. We were still eating. We still had food. Okay. We still had clothes. We still had water. It wasn't the best situation that we were in but we were still provided for okay um let me see okay shouldn't we look for god's presence in our own movements and transitions in life and if we look for him how can we find him that's where you can find him think about why you have went through your crushing season or why you are going through your crushing season are you still being provided for okay if you are um, going through a particular situation and it looks like it's really bad, you're still alive, okay? There's a lesson to be learned, okay? There's something there that you need to grab hold of so you can get out of that and move on, okay? Um, did I want to share that? Yeah, I'll share this. To answer these questions, I believe we must consider what it means to spend time with God to get to know him and to communicate with him. Though time given to our numerous responsibilities requires our full attention, I quickly learned as an adult that I also need to set aside time for myself and my family. To give all of yourself to everyone and everything else and leave little if any of you to your family and yourself is to do your future and your destiny a grave disservice. There is something to be said about the value of being alone and taking the break from it all. It makes no sense to arrive at the fruition 
of your destiny and have little to no strength to walk in it. It's a wonder to me that some individuals hate the concept of being by themselves. They desperately need the presence of others, even if those people are toxic to be around. Okay. Um, Okay, so I shared this. I said the world will try to tell you that you are wrong for doing this. Um, You're wrong for being by yourself, spending time to get your own mind, body, soul, and spirit right. There have been times in my life when people have told me that I was wrong for continuing to walk in the um, uh, role of an introvert, okay? I will tell people all the time, I'm an introvert. I like being by myself, okay? I have... Uh, when I'm by myself, I have time to think. I have time to get my mind right. I have time to pray. It's my alone, you know, I like having my alone time with God. Okay. Because then I'm able to process things. I like to process things. I don't like just to act on a spur of a moment. Okay. I need to figure things out. I need to know beginning, middle and end. Now we know with God, you're not going to always have that, but there are some things in our lives that we can plan out like, okay, If you are single and, um, you know, someone asks you out on a date, you want to be like, okay, do I even want to go out with this person? You just don't want to automatically say yes and you get out and then you're not going to, it's not going to be a good experience. So you're able to control that type of stuff. Okay. So that's what I'm, you know, talking about. I like to just think things out and put things in perspective and just have my alone time with God and only, and even my alone time with myself, you know, to just... Um, relax, you know, so me being an introvert, I have no problem being by myself and being okay with it. I don't get depressed or anything like that. Uh, you know, some people like the, uh, T.D. Jakes was referencing here, you know, some people are desperate to be around other people. I'm not, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) So, you know, I can, uh, some people appreciate that. Some people are okay with that, but there have been situations, especially on the job where I've been told like, I, Oh, you need to stop being an introvert. You need to stop saying that you need to start doing this and doing that. This is how I was born, you know? And it's like, you can't just, you know, require someone to change how they've been like their whole life. It's just not going to happen. You know, I'm not um, big on just falling into place with people, especially if I'm born this way and I like being this way. And if the job that I'm in doesn't require me to do that, like I can still do my job. I don't have to be an extrovert to do my job. Okay. I still will speak to people. I will still interact with people, but I like to, you know, have my alone time as well. Okay. So, okay. Back in the book, it says everyone, however, must learn the value, healing qualities, and even necessity of being alone to rest, recharge, receive divine insight, and purge what has been affecting them. Always being surrounded by people and standing in the presence of others prevents one from experiencing the blessings found only in solitude. Okay? Look, spend some time by yourself. Get your mind right. It will do your life wonders. Okay? It will it will really bless you. Try it sometime. If you are an extrovert, try getting that alone time in for yourself. Introverts, we don't have a problem doing that. Okay? This comes natural to us. So... Um, okay. 
yeah so that I put this note here it's like I love helping people that's one thing I do even though I am an introvert I love helping people okay I have a, no problem doing that and being around people when it comes time to you know give back and help and all that kind of stuff but I can't get lost in doing more for others than I do for myself okay it's it's just not gonna happen and I've had to actually pull back from doing a lot of things because I I love people. I love helping people so much. I could get distracted and I could get lost in doing it. And I had to like begin to pull back and uh, stop doing so much because this is another thing that I found. People will take your kindness for a weakness. Okay. So that's when you need the time to pull back. Like, okay. Am I doing this? And is, is it really helping me or is it helping them? And is, am I losing myself in that? So, okay. Um, back to the book it says you must do the same and make time for you uh, okay yeah you must do the same and make time for rest of priority even more to the point you must discover that certain blessings and assets are found only in rest better still some advantages emerge exclusively in and while being alone i'm telling you being alone sometimes will really bless you it really will because you have time to um you know, just work on stuff, work through things, think about stuff, you know, find some answers to some questions you have, because you, if you're being busy all the time, you're not able to sit down and think about anything and work things out in your mind. So again, I am a big advocate for having time to yourself. Okay. Okay. So Okay, so yeah, I will show this. I think my thoughts when I'm alone and I move faster without weight of other responsibilities and distractions. Plus, the father loves to speak, especially when there are no distractions between the two of us. This is out the book. Um, and then I have this note. I said, are you listening for his voice? Watch the movement in your life. God speaks to us in various forms. Okay, so you want to remember that. Um, you know, a lot of people, they pray and they say, oh, I haven't, you know, heard anything. My prayers haven't got answered. Are you listening? You know, it's not always going to be anything verbal. You have to look at the things that are happening in your life, uh, the outcomes that you're getting. And it just may be you need some alone time with God. Like, you know, some people, they may pray on the go. You need to sit down, have a specific, um, you know, time set with him. You know, don't just sit down and rush it and then you're off again. Because how are you taking time out to hear from him? Okay. So, back in the book, it says, Noah, the first venter, experienced his own loneliness when he was called away to build the ark. Adam was told to leave the land of his fathers for a place that God would show him before he brought Abraham into covenant with him. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, and while away from his family, God trained him to run Egypt. Moses, after having become a murderer, was driven to the wilderness where he meets God and receives his orders to be the voice and deliverer to free the children of Israel. David, considered to be the runt of his family, was alone during his on-the-job training that prepared him to be the king of Israel who would succeed Saul. And we already discussed a microscopic yet significant aspect of Jesus' lonely time of pressing in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Gospels are replete with instances of Jesus withdrawing to be alone and pray. 
okay? Did you hear those names? Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, and Jesus, okay? They were all in their seasons or times of loneliness or being by themselves and having to be on assignment. And do you see what was done in those times of when they were by yourself? You can't always be in the crowd and think that you're going to be blessed, okay? They had to be taken away, placed here, placed there, okay? Noah, go over here and build this ark, okay? He didn't have a bunch of people helping him, okay? Abraham, he had to leave his whole family and go his separate way. And you see how he was blessed during that time, right? Joseph, his own brothers, sold him into slavery. Do y'all know the story? Do y'all know what happened? Okay, they sold him off. But he had he he got blessed. Okay, and went and blessed them. Okay, Moses, come on now, David, Jesus. They experienced God in their times of being alone. Okay, being um, separated. Okay, so back to the book. Quite simply, we do not serve a stagnant, motionless, dormant, inactive, or idle God. And though he may be silent during certain seasons, we must accept the fact that our God is perpetually moving God. Okay. When God is silent, we don't want to get stagnant or bothered. We just have to keep moving, okay? Because God is not stagnant. He is not motionless. He is not dormant. He is not inactive or idle. So we can't be that. Yes, we need to have times of when we are, you know, uh, taking time out for ourselves, but we still have to be doing something. So in doing that, you are doing something, okay? You can't just sit down and moan and groan and think that anything's going to get done because it's not. Okay, so back to the book. It says, as we see God moving, um, we see him moving Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and his children into Egypt. There they mature into a nation. Afterward, God moves them out so that he could develop a relationship with them. He does the same in our own lives. Regardless of the adversaries, no adversities that visit us in our lives, God is still moving on our behalf. I grant you that it might be difficult to trace him in our times of trouble, but that is when it is absolutely necessary that we trust him. Okay? We can't complain. We can't throw in the towel. Okay? We have to trust him. Trust him through the process. Trust him through the crushing. Okay, God's relocation of you to a place of solitude is so that he can prepare you to do what he has called you to do. If you're looking around at the various aspects of your life and see the ambiguous isolation or seclusion, know that you are being groomed for something special and the master wants to interfere in the process. Okay, there are going to be times where he has to take you away somewhere else. He has to remove you from other people. He don't need you to have negative people in your ear okay oh god told you to do that go all the way over there you want nobody over there that's the point that's the point 
okay? Rather, I discovered that I had to allow God to be God and communicate with me in the manner he thought best for the moment. After silencing the loud angst of my mind, I would hear him speak words of peace to my troubled soul and provide steps that once executed would cause me to wonder why I had worried so much in the first place. I'm telling you that there is something about God's presence and his ability to impart wisdom, identity, and peace in those times of uncertainty. Okay, and that is out the book. And it said, God brings us out of slavery to ourselves, our sins, our proclivities, and our addictions so that we would go worship him instead of what previous uh, instead of what previously mastered us. Okay? Whatever the master brings you out of is a womb that held you in another world. However, when that womb opens, worship always erupts and ministry begins. With this in mind, we have a better understanding of Paul's words when he says, It is for wisdom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Galatians 5 1. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, I don't know why I shared that. Okay, back in the book again, it says, If God corrects those he loves, I offer that Israel's wandering in the wilderness wasn't just because he was angry with them. Their wandering was because he was attempting to correct something that had gone wrong. Therefore, his continuous moving with them in the wilderness was because he wanted time to get out of them what their years of being slaves have put in them and the best way to show anyone who you really are is to constantly be in their presence okay so I'm going to share this this is a a lot because it all needs to be heard Um, and it starts like this you may recall that the nation of Israel arrived in Egypt as a family of 70 people While in Egypt for 400 years, the children of Israel increased in number to a threatening degree to the Egyptians who called themselves the masters of Israel. During that time, the children of Israel continued with their tradition of circumcision. It would only be a matter of common sense to understand that plenty of Egyptian customs and approaches to life got into the hearts and minds of Israel. Four centuries, 400 years, is an awfully long time. It's plenty of time to lose identity, plenty of time to fall in love with different kinds of foods, plenty of time to begin appreciating new varieties of music, of varieties, Lord, of music and other art forms. (laughs) Plenty of time to learn to speak other languages and all their dialects. For nearly half a millennium, the children of Israel were soaking up Egyptian traditions, philosophies, and ways of life. We cannot ignore the fact that Israel began to identify itself with its oppressors because that is precisely what abused, downtrodden, and exploited people do when left in a negative environment long enough. There is a phrase used in the field of psychology that speaks to how people begin to fall in love and appreciate their captors and abusers. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, and it develops between the abused and the abuser after they have spent time together. 
Though we have words to identify the phenomenon, it is still one of the most confusing amylase I've ever encountered. Okay, so after reading that, I want to point out that this is why we as Christians cannot be unequally yoked, okay? Because if you are living your life as a Christian, okay, you are following the word of God, you are living a certain way, you are, you, you're, you're doing your best to not sin because this is the thing, none of us are perfect, okay? We're all going to be sinning, but you know, when you uh, do sin and you know that you're sinning, you want to, um, oh goodness, repent, right? So you're going to ask forgiveness. But this is the thing. If we become unequally with other people, we are going to get accustomed to what they're doing. Okay, people that are out in the world, they're not asking forgiveness for anything. Okay, because they don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. Okay, so this is what um, the children of Israel were dealing with. Okay, they were in Egypt for so long. There's, um, oh goodness, I just lost my train of thought. They really had no, um, oh Lord, what is the, what do I want to say? Being in somewhere that long, it gets hard not doing what other people are doing. Okay, so you're going to, if you're there, you're spending all your time there, that's where you're living, you're going to start taking on some of what they're doing. Okay, so that's what I want to say. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's like, you know, that's how people get used to living a certain way and they don't want to change. They don't want to get free or they don't want to be renewed. So being that they were there for so long, that's why their wilderness process was so, uh, excuse me, so long. Their crushing was so um, it, um, long. They had to go through all that because it was a process getting them removed from all of that, all that, the ways of life. Um, uh, just doing what they were accustomed to doing. So God had to take them through the wilderness to get all that stuff off of them. He had to crush them. You know, he had to show them a a different way. He had to uh, tell them, okay, this is what I need you to do. Yeah, I know you were doing it this way, but that wasn't the right way. Okay, you're my children. I need you to see this how I'm seeing it. Okay, I need you to do this because this is the right way of doing things. So it was like they were, he was trying to reprogram them. Okay. He was trying to remove all of that, um, different Egyptian practices out of their mind, body, soul, and spirit. Okay. So that was a process. Okay. And that's the same thing with us. You know, we've been out in the world for so long and then we come back, you know, to God and say, like, okay, I'm giving my life back to you. And he's like, okay, I need to get all that stuff off of, off of you. Okay. Whatever you were doing out there, you can't come over here and do it. So we need to get rid of that. Okay. Um, I shared that so go back here it says what am I attempting to point out to you is that a person forgets parts of themselves in their misery because they are so wrapped up in trying to survive the relentless onslaught they are suffering okay and that is out of the book um, let's see okay the coping mechanisms you've employed doing your wandering have caused you to become especially spatially uh, disoriented okay like we see in the lives of the children of Israel and those who have suffered at the hands of abusers could it be that our real problem of unbelief stems from the reality that we have put more of our faith in what 
and who has traumatized us than we have in the God who loves us. Is it possible then that our wandering because of our disbelief in the truth of God is the tool the master uses to get Egypt out of us? That's good. That's good. That is good. Okay. What if the final stage of the crushing process is meant to ensure an internal cohabitation between God and his people, both of them being forever reconnected? What if having God inside us is an agent of spiritual fermentation needed to transform us into wine? That's a good question. I don't got an answer to that, but yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we have been... We have been called out of bondage to be brought into a relationship with God. When Christ was crushed on our behalf, he took us for the eternal ramifications of our existence apart from God's presence and power. Yeah, see how good this book is? I'm just like, these questions, I'm like, I should have probably thought out my answer before I share with y'all. But those questions is good. I'm like, okay. So y'all think about those questions. I'm going to be thinking about them too. Um, but in the Old Testament, we see God moving with the children of Israel in the wilderness, doing their wandering as he began purging them of the stain of their oppression. In the New Testament, we see God walking among his people and informing them of the reality of the kingdom of heaven being at hand through Christ. But on the day of Pentecost, God takes up residence in his people and we see him doing perfectly the very same thing we saw him doing when we met him in Genesis, moving, okay? The master moves with us, the master moves with us today because he is in us, indwelling in our hearts and guiding us. Gone are the days when God's people sought the priest for a word from him. Gone are the days when we had to venture to the tabernacle to be near him. Gone are the days when you had to press through the crowd and touch the hem of Christ's garment to be healed. Gone are the days when you had to sit among a crowd of 5,000 just to hear him. Gone are the days when Jesus had to visit the tomb of of your loved one so that they would be resurrected. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The contemporary possibility of those miracles that we wrought because of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone or Jesus physically interacting with someone or something have been exponentially increased because a master is no no longer confined to a tent of meeting in the wilderness or one physical body. The indwelling of wine of his Holy Spirit on the inside of us is merely the final stage of his personal crushing that he endured for humanity. When you allow God's Spirit to dwell in you, you can know without a doubt that he is at work in your life. In the dark and dirty places, in the hard and painful places, and in the power of presence required to see real change in your life. Simply put, my friend, your spiritual fermentation is at hand. I think I've shared more of the book with you guys out of this chapter than any other chapters. There was a lot of good points that were made in this book, and I didn't want to leave any of that out. Um, But yes, when it comes to your spiritual relationship with God, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, that is just powerful on so many levels because 
it's a requirement. It is re- requirement, okay? And you, you've heard through me sharing, it's like, um, in the Old Testament, he had to speak through other people, okay? New Testament, we get the Holy Spirit, where it's giving us that one-on-one connection with God, okay? So being a Christian, being a child of God's, there has to be a spiritual connection, okay? There has to be, or else how can you hear from him, okay? How can you pray to him? How can your prayers get answered? But an answer, getting those answers to your prayers, you have to have that connection with him. You have to be uh, in tune with his voice. You have to be on the same frequency as him. Okay, you can't um, expect something and not willing to do something. Okay, it has to be a partnership. It has to be a relationship. It has to be um, spiritually connected. Okay, because if there's a disconnect, you're not gonna hear. You're not gonna get what you need. Okay, so it is an a important part of the crushing process. Okay. Because you're going to be able to know that you're not alone. You're going to be able to see and feel that you're not alone. Okay? Um, But yeah, you want to have that connection. It's a requirement. Okay? Even, not even in your crushing season. This is a requirement the whole time. The the relationship has to be spiritually connected. It has to be. Okay? In and out of your crushing season. Okay? So, that is chapter 11. We have four more chapters to go. And like I said, when I'm done with this book, uh, Crushing for T.D. Jakes, I'm going to be moving into another book. And um, I got the idea of this book from a... um, I did a, um, I think I shared on here as well. I think it's one of the podcasts, probably from last week. Um, and I also did an article on my website called, Are You Fit? I think that was it. Are You Fit for the Kingdom? I think that's what it was. And I got that idea from this actual book. It's called Fit for Your Assignment. And what I like about this book, is it has a 30-day challenge that is to the back of the book after you read through the book um it go it gives you different it goes through a four-step process and then it takes you into a 30-day challenge okay so i just wanted to share um a little bit about what the book is about i'm gonna read the back of it and it says a journey to optimal health spiritually mentally and physically God has an assignment for you that only you can fulfill. Every day, God gives us new opportunities to embrace his plan for our lives. But habits such as fear, doubt, busyness, conformity, and procrastination can get in the way, keeping us in a state of mediocrity and personal neglect. And the truth is we are not at our best when we are not healthy, mind, body, and spirit. 
fit for your assignment will awaken a passion to change your habits and behaviors so you are ready to walk in the fullness of all that God has designed. Oh, no, has destined for you. (laughs) With an inspiring 30-day challenge, Rena Almeida takes you through a four-step process that will help you find and walk out your greatest mission and purpose, conviction. God's reminder that you are Oh, God's reminder that you are made for more. Look, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I need to do the um, uh, podcast at night because I'm tired and I'm stumbling over my words, and but I want to get this done. So y'all, please forgive me. Um, confrontation. Areas that are holding you back are identified and transformed. Revelation. God's dreams, desires, and vision for your life become clear. Transformation. You step into your new life and destiny. If you are ready to change for the better, if you are ready to finish what you started, and if you are ready to move in excellence with passion and determination, you are not alone on this journey. It is time to rise up and say, I will be all that God has called me to be. I will do all that God has called me to do. Look, I am excited about this book. I am so excited about this book that I was going to cut short <laughs> finishing T.D. Jake's crushing book. And I'm like, let me just move on to this. But I'm like, I can't do that. I've already committed to finishing the uh, T.D. Jake's and I'm going to do that. We only have, uh, what, four more chapters to go. Uh, yeah. And T.D. Jake's and then we can move on to this. Um, and I'm telling you, I've already begun to read this book. I read it previously, but I, I you know, I started reading it already. And I'm like, I, I'm just pumped up. I'm ready. I am so ready. And another thing that I'm doing on my, um, in my book, in my book, Lord, I'm tired. In my, in my uh, Facebook group, group called Kingdom Gals, I'm actually going to be doing the 30-day challenge in there. You know, and I'm, it, it's not a requirement. You guys don't have to get the book if you don't want to. But I will go live, and I don't, I don't like showing my face, y'all. But I will go live in my Facebook group and go through each day with whoever wants to join and go through it and go through this challenge. Because look, none of us are perfect. You know, even though I've, I've been doing all of this stuff, um, you know, I'm beginning to walk into who God has called me to be and you know, things that he has called me to do. I still have work to do. Okay. There's still some things that I need to get removed and some things that I need to, um, be encouraged and motivated to do. So I believe that this challenge is going to help me because I've already looked in there. It has you doing something every day for 30 days. Okay. So I'm ready for it. I don't know if you guys are going to participate, but if no one participates, I'm still going to do it. And again, it'll be live. The videos will uh, stay on the page for however long. And, you know, if you guys want to do it, if you want some change in your life, then hey, join me. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be sharing the 30-day challenge on the podcast. Maybe just the portion of the book, but I don't think I'm going to do the 30-day challenge on the podcast. I think it's just going to be for the uh, Facebook group. So if you're interested, the Facebook group is Kingdom Gals. Okay, so that is it. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to sleep. And I will be back hopefully uh, sometime later in the week to get into chapter 12 out of uh, T.D. Jake's book, Crushing. Is it chapter 12?
yeah, because we just did chapter 11. So, yeah, I'll be back to do chapter 12 with you guys um, sometime this week, hopefully. Okay, have an amazing rest of your week. Okay, don't let nobody get you guys down. Stay focused. If you're going through your crushing season, look, hopefully it's almost over. Okay, try to be a little bit more positive through it. I, I know, you know, me when I went through mine, when I first came up here, it was a really trying time, but I got through it. And next time I have to go through a crushing season, I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive through that time because I know God is working it out for my good. Okay, just like he is working it out for your good. So I will see you guys. Well, I will talk to you guys uh, sometime soon. Good night.